that's the biggest part of career cushioning right now is have your resume ready, you're building your network, and now it's time to start actually looking for other roles so that you can prepare yourself and understand your market value before shit hits the fan. So assuming your resume is ready, you have a good network, you know the companies you want to maybe work at, that's when you go on LinkedIn, you go on Indeed, you go on all these different sites, you start finding roles that are interesting, you start documenting those roles, you start find networking with the people at those companies, try to get referrals, and then you just start, this makes perfect. I've talked about this a million times, but you have to practice interviewing. Get as many interviews in as you can, and you never know what's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, Wolf Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pal, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Today, we are going to be doing a career advancement edition, and we'll be talking about a great concept Sergio was discussing with me this past week called career cushioning and how it's important and how to do it. So, Serge, why don't you talk to our listeners about career cushioning? Yeah, what's interesting about this is we had an episode on pretty much this topic probably a couple months ago around like preparing for the worst, right? We always talk about this recession's coming, winter's coming, and I almost feel like this hot, trendy topic of career cushioning, like someone stole that from me, and now it's on the news and it's on LinkedIn everywhere. But I've been talking about Yeah, you showed me the article, and I was like, this is everything that Sergio's saying. This is what I've been saying. They just came up with a way better way to market it. And career cushioning. Makes sense, right? Career cushioning. So Your concept, but they they had a better name. Yeah, they have a better name. They marketed it right, whatever. Not not salty at all. Not at all. (laughs) But by definition, what it means is never leaving yourself flat-footed and always being prepared for the worst. And we could tie it back to the episode you know, that came out last week around what you were talking about when we were looking ahead to 2023 and what could come, right? You want to have your savings. You want to like make sure you're not, you want to eliminate bad debt. You want to do all these things to prepare so you're not stranded when winter comes or when it gets really bad, right? Yep. So what career cushioning is preparing yourself for the worst so that if a layoff happens, you're ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the things people are talking about is people who have good jobs, they're secure right now. They might be interviewing at other companies. They're getting their resume ready to go. They're really focused about what could be next so that they're almost one step. They're playing chess while their company might just be playing checkers right now. Oh, I like that. This ain't checkers, right? So one example is when I was at LinkedIn and I loved it there. I had a great experience there. I was at LinkedIn. I was practicing what I'm preaching, but I never, I didn't know, like I learned a lot from you about this, like incoming recession, all these things happening. So for me, it's always in the back of my mind. How can I prepare myself so that I'm not stranded? I have too many people that depend on me to be, oh, I don't have a job sitting there feeling sorry for myself. So I had my LinkedIn on point. I had my profile ready to go. I had my resume ready to go. I saw a job on LinkedIn. I applied. And now I work at a new company. I work at Airbnb. So you were happy pretty much. You were like, I was hundred percent happy. I could have stayed at LinkedIn for the next 10 years, but you were getting ready. You were getting ready. Cause you're like, there's layoffs happening. I got to get ahead of this freight train. Layoffs happening. Soft actually did layoffs. They laid off 2000 people. LinkedIn's owned by Mike. LinkedIn started doing layoffs. The sirens were starting to go off for me. And though my team wasn't impacted, and I don't think they would be, you just never know. 
Um, and if you have an opportunity to get your resume ready, and we'll, we'll talk about each of the steps, but there's three or four things. It's your resume. It's your online brand. So think LinkedIn. It's your network, right? And then it's like really starting to understand what companies and opportunities could you actually be a fit for? And then you start interviewing, getting those feelers out there, right? Um, and it goes back to always preparing. It's it's. I know this is a career episode, but it goes back to what you were talking about on the finance side. Prepare for the worst. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I see it on the financial side. Like it's important to prepare before these things happen because once it happens, there's nothing you can do about it. So I love your story though, because it's like you actually, you went out there like, yeah, don't know if anything bad is going to happen, but I'm going to uh, prepare for it anyway. And you got a great job opportunity, like a fantastic yeah. one. So kudos to you, man. So for people that are trying to do this, like what's the first step? What's the first step if they're like, I got this job, kind of content at it. Maybe I'm not, I've been wanting to leave, but I definitely want, I want some cushion in my life. And I want to make sure that if the shit hits the fan, I'm going to be okay. So yeah. what's the first step? Yeah. I think what people don't realize is if you don't have your resume ready, that's going to take you probably a week or so to get it together. Now, why would so, it take a week though? Is it that hard? To get a legitimate resume ready, what I've seen from people that I've talked to and worked with, they procrastinate. They don't know their stories. They don't have their like stuff documented, ready to go. And that takes time to sit there and create a resume. You could, I mean, you could spin up a resume in a day, but is it going to be quality? So I would say spend the time now. There's so many sites out there. You can get AI to write your resume. You can get... What? Uh, they have AI that writes resume now? There's all kinds of stuff out there, man. There's a, templates. We use a tool for our show, Canva, right? Canva has really good resume templates where it's these beautiful, like artistic templates and you just fill in the the buckets, right? Yeah. So I say is because it's all about time, right? If you get laid off tomorrow, do you really have three, four, five days to sit there and try to get your resume figured out? No, you got to act now. Yeah. So get your resume done now. So start documenting everywhere you worked, your highlights. There's so many resources out there for resume. There's really no reason somebody can't have a great resume. There's too many free resources out there. So I'd say step one is getting your resume ready to go. And it looks great. You can pay someone who wouldn't do that. I don't think there's value in that, to be honest. I think you could, there's too many free resources out there. So my other tip is like, don't pay someone to do it for you. There's too many free resources to save yourself some money talking about the finance side. Take advantage of the free resources, the templates, all those things. Have your resume ready. That's step one. Any questions on that? Nope. Makes sense. Okay, cool. I think step two, when we think about career cushioning or preparing for the worst is networking. Yeah. You always say your network is your net worth mm -hmm. with you on that. I think through this podcast, we've built an incredible network between the both of us. I think we have a pretty powerful network if we're being honest, if we really looked at it. Yeah. And that's important. People hit me up all the time about, would you refer me here? Or would you refer me here? And that's a pretty good position to be in. And I think I get hit up and I'm like, depending on the message. So like I say all this because like you have to start building your network so that when you are in these situations where you get laid off, you have people that you can reach out to that can help you in these spots. Someone that's at this company that you want to work at that will refer you. Like I had a friend, one example, he got laid off from, from Meta, Facebook, and he hit me up about a role at Airbnb. He had that connection. He's in my network. He knows me. He's built rapport. I a hundred percent, I referred him right away. He was legit. 
So you need to start building your network so that you're ready to leverage that network when you need it. So my question would be like, how do you do it? I mean, if you're new to the game of networking and you're not that person that has ever partaken in the, you know, DMing people that Mm. you don't know or reaching out to old contacts, what's the process look like? You got to get out of your own way. Step one. I think there was a moment where you're scared or you're afraid of what they might think. But the what I realize is the worst thing that happens is they just don't respond. That's the worst thing that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second worst thing is they say no. But the best thing is they say to your ask, whatever your ask is, maybe you get 15 minutes with them. Maybe they'll refer you for their company. Maybe they'll whatever. Right? So I think the first thing is get out of your own, the mental block you're putting to tell your, give yourself reasons on why not to reach out to that person. I had somebody hit me up on LinkedIn, a cold message, and it was an aggressive one. I think he wanted a referral. I can't remember, but he wanted to meet in person for a referral and pick my brain about something career-wise. And I was like, you know what? This is a great message, but I'm not meeting you in person. Go hop on a Zoom. Oh, really? This is someone you didn't know that wanted to meet? Someone I didn't know. Okay. What you need to do is go on LinkedIn and like really get to know someone and read their profile. He sent me a message and he said something that he read in my profile or about the podcast. And that's what stood out. Okay. So when we're talk- talking about networking, actually do your homework, your research. The only reason why I responded was because he mentioned either the podcast or something I've, I had in my about me section on my LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 That definitely does help, right? To make sure like that you know who you're talking to. Because right now, I think the big problem on all social media outlets is 90% of the messages copy paste and it's mm-hmm. obvious yeah it's obvious come on people it's not about the quantity of copy paste it's about how intentional and the effort you put in to that message to the person that you want to connect with like you have to make a conscious effort we've the email has been around for decades now right model worked in the 90s but it's not going to work anymore so you got to make a personal connection show that yeah. you did your work on you give people the respect Yeah, exactly. That's what stood out to me. That's why I responded. I think he wanted to connect. I told him, hey, and I'm just busy. And I told him, hey, just reach out to me in the new year and we will connect over Zoom. The worst case, he didn't get exactly what he wanted, but he's probably going to get time with me in the new year. So I think those are some of the things I think about if you're worried about cold messaging someone, do your research. But I think people also would be surprised if they really sit down and look at their network there might be more connections than you realize. Maybe it's not your first set of people, but maybe it's a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. But you really, you start, you have to start connecting the dots and start documenting. Like I have a spreadsheet of like companies and people I know at different companies. Yeah, absolutely. So that's networking. I think the third bucket. So we talked, what did we talk first? Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. I'll let you, I'll let you get your train of thought, but I would just add into that. Yeah, that when it comes to networking, make sure you do it sooner than later, because I think, it, yeah, I get it. You lost your job, something happened, and you're desperate, and people want to help, and others, and you can respect that as the person that's trying to give you the help. But I think there's a lot more power in meeting with the people before the shit hits the fan, and saying, "Hey, I'm really interested in what you do. I want to genuinely learn about you, learn about what you do on the daily." And keep an eye out for me if this opportunity arises, because I want to have my career look like yours and I want to do what you do. 
And maybe you don't need that job right now, but plant the seed, plant the seed. And I think that you're going to get better results that way. So going back to don't wait until your back's against the wall, be proactive, start these relationships now. And I think in my own life, in my own journey, some of the best things I did is I met with these people months, maybe years before I actually made the move. Actually, last company I was at, I met with the the founders, the owner, about a year before I actually made the move. And I just said, I went, we went to breakfast and I just said, I really love everything you guys do. I respect you. I want to learn from you. I'm just not ready right now, but I'd love to keep this relationship going. And then- Was that in the back of your mind that eventually it could be something you would- Yeah, absolutely. And I thought like, there was the possibility and that possibility became a reality. And it happened- it started a year before I made the move, but it made it so convenient because something happened at the company I was at, didn't like the management that was there. And there was a situation, we'll get too involved, but management made a bad move, acted very badly. Day That, that happened on a random day. Day two, I was talking back with people I'd met a year ago and they mm. were giving me the job offer. And, That's uh, wild. and then the other company was like, wow, he left fast and I was like, yeah, because I was ready. And I had multiple other offers on the table too. So I set myself up with three different possibilities long before I ever moved. Career cushioning. You were doing it before it was cool. Yep. I didn't know what it was, <laughs> but I guess I was doing that. Yeah. I think you were, you hit on something I hadn't really thought about, but going into some of these things without any expectation of getting something in return, I think mm -hmm. is important. Like you went in with an open mind, just trying to learn without asking for anything. Like, I think what I'm seeing a lot from people is they're always asking for something right now. I want time from you, or I want a referral or whatever. It's never just, Hey, I just want to like connect and just meet. You have an interesting journey. I'd love to learn more about your life or something. It's always, I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but I think, yeah, that, too I think often you're on, people you're come with something, an agenda. Yeah. Right. And that's, there's nothing really wrong with it. But I think that if you can come in with just pure intentions of, I want to get to know this person because, you know, they have some special knowledge and I respect the hell out of them. And I just want to learn about them as a human being. I love to just know your story. One cool thing that I think I've realized I've, as I've gotten older is most of these people that you're, are your colleagues you know them through work, but they all have a cool, has got a story. And I think it's our job to really get to know that story. And if you don't have the need for a job right now, but come in with that mentality of, yeah, I want to know this person's story. And I think learning what they can, everyone has knowledge that they can give you. And always going in with that intent of, I just want a new friend. I want to make a new acquaintance and no agendas, but you know, when you need it, could be there, right? Like exactly. there is an agenda, but it's not so intentional where it's you're asking for something right away. Yeah. Yeah. Point of building your network is that you have, I think we had, I can't remember her name. Maybe it was Ruth. You have this network of mentors, I think is what she called it. Yes. Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth Gotian. She's the yes, boss. She was awesome. <laughs> and I, that's where my head's going right now is build your network of people that you could pull from when you need them or when you just want to learn from them. Over time, this network will get better and better. So yeah, I think, so we talked about having your resume ready, all everything that goes into building a network, 
And then the third bucket is whatever is on the news right now around career cushioning is when you're currently happy in your role, nothing's going wrong, but you start to look elsewhere. You go on LinkedIn, you see these different roles, you start investigating kind of your worth, and then you start applying and then you start interviewing while you already have a job. So that's the biggest part of career cushioning right now is people are realizing the impact it has just to go and see what your market and what your value is, right? You go and apply for a role and then you see, oh shit, I could get a 70% raise. Even though I'm really happy at this one job, is am I that happy to turn down that much more money? I don't know. So what that's the biggest part of career cushioning right now is have your resume ready, you're building your network, and now it's time to start actually looking for other roles so that you can prepare yourself and understand your market value before shit hits, hits the fan. So assuming your resume is ready, you have a good network, you know the companies you want to maybe work at, that's when you go on LinkedIn, you go on Indeed, you go on all these different sites. You start finding roles that are interesting. You start documenting those roles. You start find networking with the people at those companies, try to get referrals, and then you just start interviewing. Practice makes perfect. I've talked about this a million times, but you have to practice interviewing. Get as many interviews in as you can, and you never know what's going to happen. You might find an opportunity similar. I'm not saying everyone's going to, it's not going to happen like it happened for me, but this literally just happened. We talked about it. I was perfectly content at LinkedIn. However, alarms were starting to go off with the market and I was preparing for the worst and I wanted to see what else was out there just in case. And I happened to find a really good opportunity and I took advantage of it. So I think what you're seeing right now and this buzzword of career cushioning is people are trying to prepare themselves and have a cushion if shit hits the fan. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I know that you're a big proponent of practicing before you go into the interviews. How long does you think it takes generally? Like when you're coaching people, how long does it take for them to be good at an interview and really nail it? Like how long does that normally take? Because I know you've worked with people in the past. Depends on how bad they are or how it depends. If someone's really bad, it could take multiple, it could take a month, could take a month. How many days of practice in the month? Every day? No, it would be like multiple days a week of a couple hours uh -huh. of really getting clear on your story, how you're going to answer questions, role play, all those things. I mean, it also depends on how early they are or later on they are in their career, like early professional or seasoned professional, Yep. how many times they've already interviewed. Like right now, I don't need to prep as much as I used to, but I have seen myself get overconfident and then not do as well in interviews. Yeah. So I think it is important to figure out how much time you need, right? To nail your story and nail your questions and document everything and make sure because preparation is most important. Absolutely. But, this, but yeah, it's like preparation and getting these takes in like interview, apply, go and interview, get it out, go out there and practice. Yeah. And I think that's another thing is what's very underrated is like the practice part because everyone thinks, Oh, I'm just going to talk about what to do. Unfortunately, these people don't know you unless like you're not, you're an inside referral and everyone's badges for you. Like, this guy's great. Yeah. But you know, you have to remember, you have to, re you have to sell yourself. Right. And to do that, it does take a lot of practice and a lot of hours of training on this and having someone that can look at you from the outside so and give you an honest opinion. And that's what I love about what you're doing because I know that you've helped out a lot of mutual people that we know. 
and you're really good at giving them the honest feedback. And I don't think you've hurt their feelings, but I know you've done a good job of making them much better candidates. I'm seeing people that I know were great, but in the interview process, they just didn't come across very good. They came across yeah, like something that they're not. And it takes time to really be able to do well in that. And it's all about sharpening your sword or a good analogy would be like, baseball you want to be Barry Bonds you're you want to, you're only going to get so many pitches you want to hit a high percentages out of the park you want to be a juiced up Barry Bonds yeah I was going to say you want to be roided skinny roided McGee skinny McGee is not going to hit as many out of the park you want to be McGuire so sub on you want to be the juice guys right but yeah it takes practice so I will say like I'm speaking from 12-ish years in Silicon Valley and I don't know how many interviews I've done but I've over time I've built this process of documentation practice and it's like everyone can do it can have the same process but it, they have to put in the time yeah absolutely. it doesn't happen overnight right mm -hmm. thing happens overnight yeah. but anyone can get better at it if they just they put in the work and i think that's what i'm seeing in the in i think the takeaway for people on this episode should be you need to prepare like you're going to lose your job tomorrow in the, these environments right now, it's shaky. It's a shaky foundation. So make sure you're ready, especially if you have people who depend on you. Make sure you're ready to take care of yourself if shit hits the fan. Absolutely, man. Thank you for all that advice, Serge. I always think you're an idiot, but then when you talk about this stuff, I'm like, he is a genius. So you changed my mind once again. I appreciate it, friend. I don't know if that was a compliment or <laughs> I think it was a compliment. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you're great at this. So thank you so much. But if people have questions, people coming out of school that need to get sharp on their interviewing and their resume, people that are laid off, I 100% vouch for my guy because he is great at what he does. Thank coming you, buddy. Too. Yep. All right, everybody, you've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org. A separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.